and welcome to the Pride of Detroit PODcast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. You know where to find us. Get this right now. This is the Pride of Detroit PODcast because, you know, Pride of Detroit, you abbreviate that. It's POD. First three letters of podcast is POD. So we call it the PODcast. We haven't explained it in a very long while. And I figured like some of our new audience probably needs a refresher on that. I, as always, am your adequate host, Chris Perfett. Find me on Twitter at Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. We always have to spell it out for some one reason or another. And as always, joining me is the fearless leader, Jeremy Reisman, the managing editor of, no, editor-in-chief. Hey! The the editor-in-chief of Pride of Detroit. Yes, sir. At Detroit Online is where you find him on Twitter. Let, Let me explain what happened that caused me to uh no you know what we'll, we'll, we'll save it for the for the jerking around segment like i i have a i have a hair in my throat but either way uh real quick first off let's get let's get the third man in here our main man ryan matthews Black is the rock at ryan underscore pod ryan how are you doing buddy I'm doing well. Uh, introduce me properly though I'm the senior editor at Pride of Detroit. Senior editor <laughs> I'm a senior editor too. I should be, or at least I don't know. I, I don't know whatever, what I am. we can be. Whatever we want. I gave myself that title. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's kind that, of true. That is, that is very true. We're just giving ourselves titles here. It's like a. It's like we we've just conquered uh, some godforsaken country in the middle of nowhere, and we're just you know general. I'm generalissimo of pride of Detroit. There you go. <laughs> uh, so real quick, if you haven't done it yet. You can listen to this podcast before or after you do this, but we just had a podcast go out. It is live on all feeds. We talked with Deuce Staley on Friday, the Lions running backs coach and assistant to the head coach for your Detroit Lions. Fantastic interview. It's only about 20 minutes long. You should definitely go listen to it. He was very enlightening. He was very funny. He was very witty. It was a great interview. And uh, he loves all our facial hair. All of our facial hair, not just Jeremy's mustache. He liked my goatee. He liked whatever, you know, Ryan's got a mustache going on now as well. He was uh, very charged up. He was a lovely human being, and we were very glad to have Deuce. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping we can get him back uh, one day because, he, yeah, he, he checked all the boxes like Barry Sanders checked all his boxes. Yep. That's the way this you do is it. Al- this is also officially the Three Amigos podcast. Oh, that's right. Yep. We're now right. the three we got a new uh, name from him. So, uh, yeah, three amigos. That's what we do. Do we, do we need hats or no? No. The sombreros, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Which one of us is, uh, I, I forget who's in three amigos, actually. I'm not Chevy Chase. That, that's, that yeah. I call not Chevy Chase. Yeah. I'll be, oh, let's, let's get away from that. Okay, let, let, let's just get into free. <laughs> yeah. yeah? Yeah. So guess what? We are on the countdown. Why we are for those watching us live on Twitch and on YouTube, where you can watch us live or download the podcast afterward on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. But why are we if you're watching us live, you realize we are doing this on what is early Saturday. We are recording Saturday around noon for the East Coast people, 9 a.m. for me over on the West Coast. Why are we doing it here? Why are we not doing it at our usual time? Well, because the league calendar year is impending. It is counting down upon us. The new league calendar year is almost here. Four days, to be precise, from this recording. Uh, tampering period begins on Monday, and then free agency proper begins 
on Wednesday, and we are expecting a lot of news. We have some news that has already happened, which we will break down, but we want to go position by position as we look at the Lions and anticipate what they could be doing with free agency. And I think that is what we have decided upon, what we have stamped, and what we have tentatively agreed on without coming to blows. So we're going to do yet, that. We, we Not might yet get to blows least. when we talk about tight ends, but we'll get well, there. Well, we'll see. We'll see about that. But uh, <laughs> we, we, I think so. I, I think what I want to do here is we've got a bunch of positions lined up on offense and defense. And I think each, I want each of us to kind of take lead on each one as we go around here. So I'll take it off the top, if you don't mind, talking about one of my favorite positions, quarterback. Mm. Mm. No, ch- no change is to- happening at quarterback this offseason, right? So, yeah, funny you should say. So in case you missed it, Lions have a new quarterback who is not in in danger of being cut for free agency. So keep your keep your guns holstered there. But we get to talk about Jeremy's favorite topic, which is backup quarterbacks. Lions currently on the roster have Chase Daniel and David Blech. So the Lions tried to get some interest going up there on Chase Daniel. He might still be on the block. Some some teams out there might want a veteran backup and might be willing to give up a, a third uh, i mean excuse me a seventh rounder yeah, <laughs> dang, dang round, you had me really, excited for a yeah, second no there, no no, no. <laughs> like they might give up a seventh rounder but the advantage for the lions is that you'd get rid of chase daniel's contract right i don't think there's many people on the market as i said in, in a previous podcast but i could see a team like the chargers who are currently without a backup quarterback to sophomore justin herbert taking that on but we're looking at blau we're looking at daniel do you guys see what what do you guys foresee happening here? Well, I think if if they can't trade Chase Daniel and I really given that contract, I just don't think it's going to happen. He's got a four point three million base. That's kind of ridiculous to pay for yeah. for Chase Daniel. Um, I think the Lions are going to release him, to be honest. I, I don't think I mean, once you put the guy on the trade block and it hits it publicly like he's he's done like. It's it's a last ditch effort to try to drum up some excitement before you plan on releasing him. He'll save two point three million in cap, so um, I think it's a foregone conclusion that he's gone. The question is, what do you do then? Is David Blah, David Blau your your backup? Do you go out and get someone? Do you draft someone? Um, but since this is a free agency podcast, let's talk about free agency. Um, I, a lot of people have already connected the dots. Tyrod Taylor, obviously, he's got the Anthony Lynn connection. My ca- question with him is just. Do you want to spend that much money on a backup? He's not going to be exorbitantly expensive, but like four or five, six million. I don't think the lines are in a good spot to be spending that much on a backup quarterback because who cares about your backup quarterback in 2021? Like to put to put bluntly, who cares about your black backup quarterback in 2021? Why is that important? To me, it's not. So David Blow's number two is fine with me. Yeah, I, I, I take the same approach, Jeremy, uh, as you do when it comes to backup quarterback this offseason. I think it's most important for the Lions to have somebody who's developmentally there, and David Blau fits that bill. If the Lions are going to go with an option, you mentioned Tyrod Taylor. You know, PFF have, has his prediction for a contract to be somewhere in the neighborhood of like two years, $10 million, $5 million guaranteed at signing, um, maybe $5 million total guaranteed. Or maybe they look at a guy like, Jacoby Brissett um, and they have his projection at like two years, 14 million. So that's even, you know, slightly more expensive, but I just don't think that 
an approach where the Lions grab one of these coveted backup quarterbacks that are veterans that are really better suited for teams that maybe have playoff aspirations and need a you know backup emergency plan. I just don't think that really fits the Lions bill. So um yeah, I I, I, I foresee them, you know, cutting bait with Chase Daniel and maybe drafting a quarterback. Uh, maybe another developmental quarterback that they can stash on the practice squad, maybe late in the draft. I think that sure. that's a that's a viable option. Um, or hey, just draft a quarterback at seven. <laughs> that could happen. Uh, plenty of the Lions. I know some of the Lions staff was already watching the North Dakota State Pro Day, and they were keeping an eye on Trey Lance. And I've seen plenty of good conversation about Trey Lance. I haven't developed my own opinion on him yet. People are saying the arm is better than I think. We are giving him credit for, but we always have to remember pro days make are designed to make you look good. So uh, that's going to be one of the hard struggles of looking at anyone this draft class. But day three quarterback kind of that was always the Bob Quinn special. And we could totally see it probably uh, this year with with Brad Holmes. I think that's within the realm. Yeah, sure. Jeremy, uh, one last question about quarterback that I have is. How valuable do you think it is to have a veteran quarterback behind Jared Goff to help make him successful? Because there's so much made about Chase Daniel being here to, you know, help Matthew Stafford <laughs> get prepared for game days sure. on Sunday. And yeah. I, I mean, there's something intangible, like there's an intangible quality to that. But do you think that's important to to help Jared Goff be successful in his tenure in Detroit? It's it's something that I think most teams like to have. I, I hate to I hate to assume about what coaching roles will be, but I do think that Mark Brunel might cover some of that. You know, you got a foreign player in there that that knows how to look at the game in, in the same eye as a as a player. Um, not that far removed from a playing career. I know it's been a, a decade or so, but um, yeah, I mean, I think I think there's potential that they'll they'll want someone like that, like someone who ideally has ties to Anthony Lynn, so he can you know, give him direct language of, of how his offense is going to be. I think that's why the Tyrod Taylor connection makes a lot of sense just in terms of, of person, not necessarily contract, but I mean, other than I, I just, like I said, I don't think the price tag is worth it. If you, if you got a player's coach like that already there. Let's move on to running back. Let's I'm going to let Jeremy take the reins on running back here. Yeah, or sure. Actually, um, I feel like, I feel like I should let Ryan do it just because he asked the good questions to oh. uh deuce. Oh, and because I hate running backs, is that why? That's the real yeah. reason why, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ryan, we've seen we've seen Ryan's prep work. Ryan, Ryan was like been waiting four years to tell to ask Deuce those questions. So I feel like <laughs> with those with Deuce's answers in hand, he can answer the running back position. And then I'll let Jeremy get to wide receivers. Yeah, the running back situation is. Oh, I hate to use this word, but it is a little bit confounding because you have DeAndre Swift who everybody wants to be the three down back. And I just don't think the NFL operates like that anymore. So I think it's just as important to have a a viable backup solution. And if you listen to our chat yesterday with Deuce Daly, he, he thinks that guy is carry on Johnson. I think that he, you know, he called him a complete back and I, I, I even, I, I agree with him, um, especially in his abilities. Now it's just his availability. That's, that's, I, I, always pound the table for that being the most important quality or attribute of a player. And if carry on Johnson can stay healthy, I think for 16 games, 
I think that he's a an extremely valuable asset to this team, and I, I definitely see him being a part of the 2021 Detroit Lions. Now, beyond that, that's where things get um, a little bit sticky. You know, Nick Bauden, Jason Cabinda, do the Lions bring Adrian Peterson back? A bunch of good questions. I think that with Daryl Bevel moving on, maybe that writes that writes Adrian Peterson off. I don't know if he ends up maybe. Maybe he follows him to Jacksonville. I mean, that could be a good fit uh, for a team that has, you know, James Robinson as as their main back, have a veteran back like Adrian Peterson to compliment him. So I guess my question for you, Jeremy, is at what value do you put a running back three and potentially <laughs> a running back two? Because we don't know whether or not Carrion Johnson can can kind of, you know, handle a full season. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know my general thoughts on on spending a lot of resources on on the running back, but I may I may surprise you here in that I I do feel the Lions have a need to push Carryon Johnson to to you know compete with Carryon Johnson for that RB two job. I, I'm with you. I I'd, li- I'd like to see Carryon get a legitimate chance at it, but you also I mean you have to have a legitimate backup plan here because. While Carrion Johnson played in all 16 games last year, it was as a third down back. It wasn't as a primary role. It wasn't as a secondary role. Yeah, um, not a whole lot of snaps. Not a whole lot of snaps. Um, so, and, and you know, he's got the knee brace on. The, I, I don't know if he'll still have the knee brace on, but, like, the knees are impacted. The, the, I was shocked. I was looking at this the other day. The dude is only 23 years old, but his knees might be 45. Like, there, <laughs> there's a legitimate concern there. So, yeah, I do think free agency needs to be part of the equation here when it comes to, to running back. And they're, they're you know, they're, I'm not asking them to go out and go get Todd Gurley because he's got a history with the Rams. I'm not necessarily even, I mean, even like Chris Carson, like I don't, you look at a lot of these names and they're big names. Uh, I, I guess maybe the one that makes the most sense to me is like Malcolm Brown, a guy that they tried to, they, they tried to pry from the Rams a couple of years ago, but I don't know. Like, I, there's not a lot of great options in free agencies. I guess what I'm saying. So you get kind of a low to mid tier guy that's not going to cost you too much. I think a lot of free agency is going to look like that. You're, you're looking for low to mid tier guys on one to two year deals. Hope that they can bridge the gap, and then you know, in the meantime, you build through the draft. Does he does he have to fit a type though? I think that a lot of fans get caught up with that, and I'll, I'll throw this to Chris. But like, there were so many years where it was like they need a short yardage goal line back so then it's LeGarrette Blunt and then it's CJ Anderson do they need a guy that fits a or um even uh Bo Scarborough right like do they need that short yardage back or do they just need another talented running back I think that's a good question because like we we, and we even talked about him when we're looking at Adrian Peterson and by the way I don't think Adrian Peterson's back no way no how he's uh and not just because he held up a Tom Brady jersey when he was on with TMZ Sports and like, please, you know, let me come to Tampa Bay. But I do think he is going to go chase a ring. I wrote his profile and think that Adrian Peterson's aspirations probably take him beyond uh, Detroit at this point. I don't see him back. But everything Peterson could do, like we were talking about that, it's that, you know, third down, get the get just get it over the line kind of back. Carry on can do that. And I think that was what we kind of took away from Deuce is that if carry on can do all that, if carry on is your Swiss army knife, then you're just looking for a guy who can be just, you know, a change of down back or someone with, with just some talent to really, you know, spruce things up 
around in Detroit. And it's funny enough because I'm you look at the the market right now with uh, running backs and there's some familiar names on there. Like I see Theo Riddick hitting the the open market again. I don't know if the Lions would want anything to do with that again, but there's some names that could definitely be had for cheap. And I was I. I think the familiarity thing comes up, especially when you start to get into like fullbacks. I mean, look at that. And I don't know. That's the one thing I, I'm going to pose this to you once I'm done here. But I I don't know if the Lions are going to go for a fullback. Everyone seems to carry a fullback anyway, though. And I couldn't really tell that with um with Deuce Staley. And I mean, honestly, though, it could be familiar names because it could be, say, Michael Burt again used to be with the lions but guess where he was prior to being with uh prior to this offseason that's right the saints, saints yeah but the, do you, i i don't know if the lions i think they probably should carry a fullback just just for the full breadth of it um, i i, I want to yeah. get back to the fullback talk when we talk tight ends because deuce mm-hmm. daly said something interesting about that yesterday and i think it ties in with maybe some news that broke this morning um We'll get back to that. Yeah, I think I think one name I I would want to keep an eye on too, just real quick, Jeremy is um, and I don't I'm trying to like find what he was kind of owed in the past, but uh, I think you know I I keep looking at these former Steeler guys. I don't know why I keep coming there. I was doing it with wide receivers too, but James Conner is one of those names who is young who you could probably get on a rental deal, who kind of bombed out with the Steelers, who's, again, he'd only be like 26 and you could really get him on kind of a prove-it deal. And again, all you would need for the Lions is just a few years, as you say, Ryan, to bridge that gap. How about another? How about another Steelers name? Let's uh, let's bring Le'Veon Bell home, huh? Mm. Finally get that <laughs> Le'Veon Bell experience in Detroit. No, I, you know this this offseason would be so much easier if Bob Quinn was still here. And the only reason I say that is because there's so many former Patriots running backs that are on the market. There's James White, Rex Burkhead, like they're all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. It would have been really easy to just uh, to to get things settled in, but. I, I think there's some interesting names. I think there's, um, you know, specifically there are guys that have done it in the past that could come here and be on one year deals like Mike Davis, for example, or maybe like a Carlos Hyde or even a Tevin Coleman. I think that those are all guys who are projected to get like one year between two and three million dollar deals that are guys who have done it in the past but have either you know sustained injuries or they've been passed up by better options at running back that other teams had on their depth chart. So I think one of those guys on a, on a prove it type deal, it makes a lot of sense. Let's move on to wide receivers real quick to kind of close out this segment on the podcast. And then we'll get to tight ends on the other side here. Um, I'm going to leave it to Jeremy because I promised him the wide receivers. <laughs> Clearly, he wants to yeah. talk tight ends too. So we'll do this, we'll do the snake draft uh, oriented. So. Perfect. Um, yeah. Well, let's start with who who's in house. They got Tyrell Williams, Quintus Cephas, Geronimo Allison, Victor Bolden, and Tom Kennedy signed right now. They got a heck of a lot of free agents, and <laughs> uh, and 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 at this point, it looks like they're probably going to move on from all Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola, Muhammad Sanu might be back. Jamal Agnew might be back. Um, hey, let's talk about those two really quickly. Um, Muhammad Sanu, Jamal Agnew. Either of you guys have any interest in bringing them back? 
I I have interest in Jamal Agnew. I don't want to say it's a perverted interest, but at this point, like he's done kind of every he's familiar with everything he needs. He is kind of that, you know, he's that Swiss Army knife of a of a special teams player that is comfortable with what the Lions are. So I wouldn't mind seeing him back. I don't know about Sanu. Like he started the year on the practice squad, and obviously that's that's less about his talent and more just about like, you know, but I, I, I don't, I, I, I don't know what it is about Sanu where I'm just not ready to like, really, I, I think he'll want to go explore other options. What about you, yeah. Ryan? I'm, I'm interested in just kind of moving on and either drafting wide receivers or picking up again, guys on prove it deals that can really bridge the gap. That's the that's the motto of the 2021 right. Detroit Lions bridge yeah. the gap. Well, I, th- I think Sanu could potentially be that guy. He was he was, you know, a midseason addition and, and did an OK job here. I feel like he he developed some chemistry with fun. Matthew Stafford and not that that matters anymore because Stafford's obviously gone. But, um, you know, just in terms of like him being a wide receiver four, that's fine. The problem, though, is the Lions need a wide receiver one at this point, because uh, <laughs> I think I think maybe Tyrell Williams, you know, peak is that but even when he signed with the Raiders it was more to be a wide receiver too and that's that's probably where he fits best so the question becomes do they target a wide receiver one in free agency which I mean on the surface it actually sounds pretty ridiculous to me not because it's not a need but they had one in house and they decided not to pay him so to go out and get and and now there's not really that many options right like Mike Evans signs or gets a franchise tag um, Allen Robinson gets the franchise tag. Chris Godwin got the franchise tag, but yeah. Oh yeah, sorry, Chris Godwin, not Mike Evans. Um, yeah. so you, so you're left with like Juju Smith, Corey Davis, Will Fuller. Those are your. Is that it? Like, I think that's all your your wide receiver one options. You guys targeting any of those guys? And Juju's kind. Of, Juju's an interesting one, just because that's not. I, I see Ryan shaking his head, but Juju, like, it didn't really work out for him as that as that wide receiver one in 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 Pittsburgh, right? Like all. he's, it could probably be something on the cheap. Although I I've been seeing conflicting reports about Juju Smith Schuster, and I mean, for me, USC guy, so I'm just you know, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? But like on one hand, I, I'm seeing some reports just like, yeah, he's not come back to 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 Pittsburgh. Whereas today, I believe I saw a report that. Um, the Steelers are they're, they're negotiating contract right now. It's kind of hard to tell availability for Juju Smith Schuster. And again, like it's it's a he's a guy who was doing fine as like a wide receiver two or three, but then when he got to ask to be the guy in Pittsburgh, it just kind of fell flat for him. So I'm 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 fascinated in that regard. But there's just not a lot of names out there. And to be honest, we've we've talked about it enough. It seems like this team could really do well to draft a wide receiver in the first two days. So going wide receiver and free agency, you're going to need a few just for depth, but wide receiver one, I don't know. I I think that Juju Smith Schuster had a Ben Roethlisberger problem. So that is a um, good point too. That is a very good point. So when you talk about what him or Corey Davis are going to get on the open market, why wouldn't you have just signed Kenny Galladay? I mean, you're you're probably looking at like 15, 16, 17 million dollar a year contracts for both of those guys. So um, I think wide receiver one. Um, I, I don't think that that's something that the Lions find in free agency. I think that's something that 
can be had at number seven. Absolutely. Some wide receiver names that really interest me, though, um, are, again, some of these guys that don't fit the wide receiver one role, but fit a particular position like Curtis Samuel. You know, Eric, Eric Schlipp brought his name up. He would be rather uh, affordable. Get him on like a three year, twenty five million dollar deal like the um, you know, pro football focus suggests that could be your slot guy right there. If you want to if you want to go that route, um, maybe they maybe they go with a guy like Sammy Watkins. Um, depends on what he could be available in terms of price. Uh, again, you can get a guy who can you know move around in formations and, and do some things like that. History with um, the Rams. History with the Rams. And then obviously the name that we've all said, Josh Reynolds. Uh, PFF has his projection to be somewhere like two years, eight and a half, maybe nine million. So that's something that's really affordable. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the Lions, if they want to get a wide receiver one, they get him in the draft and maybe he's not that this year. But again, the 2021 Detroit Lions bridge the gap. That's Tyra Williams. That's giving, you know, the the offense a chance to kind of percolate for a little bit and then and then go into next season a little bit stronger. Just imagine the Lions are building another bridge across the Detroit River to to Canada. You're building another bridge is basically what we're doing, because the one that the ambassador bridge right now is kind of crap. We're going to build a new one. We're going to build a new one. It's not going to be related to those bastards who are like charging out the ear for the uh, the Marone family. Is is that his name? I don't know. Whatever. I'm probably no, nobody yeah. knows what I'm talking about. But, <laughs> no, yeah. no. but re- I, I want to go to Reynolds bridge. really quick just because I feel I mean, the guy's only 26 years old. So signing him is it could be an investment into the future if, if it works out. And it's kind of it. It's kind of a situation where you, if you don't, ha- if you have two number one receivers, you don't have any wa- number one wide receivers, and that would kind of be this, the case in Detroit. But it's all about contingency plans, right? Like you got you got to have someone that you can support to play if the draft doesn't fall the way you want it to fall. You can't you can't force yourself into into taking a wide receiver one at seven because it it, it you know your guy might not be there. And that, but I think, and, the, and real quick, I think the thing about rookie wide receivers is that we always say that they need time. Like not all rookie wide receivers end up being Justin Jefferson or end up being somebody like CD lamb. Like those guys need time to get acclimated to the league. So, yeah. Not to add to the real quick, but like uh, before we get out to the other thing too, is like, I don't see it just at seven for wide receivers. I think we've talked enough. There's enough sure. to, to, to carry you, you could get a wide receiver one probably Maybe. in the second round. Probably, but that's it. Probably, you, you probably, just, probably. You need you need to have your ass covered. Is all I'm saying okay. because you yeah. never know how the draft is going to fall. Got it. So that you sign Jesse James and then draft T.J. Hawkinson. Got it. Exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> since you mentioned since you mentioned wide receiver there, let's take a break because we're way over for the break. And we come back, Jeremy's going to carry us into tight ends, including one fresh new one that the Lions are intending to sign here very soon. So we'll talk about that, the tight end position, and we'll move on to the offensive line and then on to the defense as we continue the free agency super preview here on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. And welcome back to the Pride of Detroit POD cast. I said we were going to do this free agency preview in a snake draft order. 
We just left off with wide receivers. That means tight ends is next up. And Jeremy, once again, gets to take the lead. Yeah, I mean, we got some news that we we need to talk about before we talk uh, about some free agents that maybe the lines will sign. Mm. Because since we last recorded, Jesse James cut on, I think, Thursday officially. And then this morning, Saturday morning, the Lions have signed officially Josh Hill, the tight end, formerly of the New Orleans Saints. They recently cut him to save about two and a half million. He, uh, I mean, he might have, like, they might be done at tight end now. I think you look at Josh Hill, he was an integral piece to that Saints offense. And I know it's not a, a name that necessarily pops off the page. And if you jump to his, you know, pro football reference page, you see that only had, you know, 10 or so catches last year, but the dude is a blocking machine. And I want to go over a quote from Sean Payton from 2019 uh, that just shows how valuable of a player he was to that offense because they lost him in a game. I think it was like a week 11 game and Sean Payton, who, who, and, and first off, I need to thank Amy, just our former guest of, of first bite podcast. She kind of hit me to this because she's a big fan of, of Josh Hill and thinks the lines are getting a good one there. But here's a quote from Sean Payton. He says, quote, we lost Josh Hill, and Josh is one of those guys that may be un- somewhat under the radar, but losing him was like losing your front door. All of a sudden, there are 58 plays on the call sheet, and he was involved in a lot of them. So we spent a lot of time trying to re-personnel group some, some of our plays, which ones we still want to run and which ones we can't run. So, he, I mean, he was literally an integral part of that team's offense, and I think he will be of the Lions' offense. He's a great run defender or run blocker. He's going to be on the field a lot. We're going to see a lot of 21 personnel, a lot of – I'm, I'm sorry, 12 personnel, I should say. A lot of maybe 13 personnel because what did, what did, what did Deuce Staley say yesterday to us, Ryan? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. He said that, you know, part of, uh, part of, that, of uh, that versatility that a tight end can bring, you know, bringing him into the backfield, having him play, play that pseudo fullback role. Yep. Yep. And so the, gone are the days of, of fullbacks, potentially, um, you know, traditional fullbacks is basically what he was saying. And now you can get a tight end who can drop into the backfield, but is not just a guy who's going to lead the way for your running back. He can sometimes slip out and catch passes. I think that's a guy that Josh Hill is in that. And and that, so, I mean, I think I remember last year we talked a lot about the, the fullback position and whether it was economical in terms of your roster to keep one. I think Josh Hill makes your roster more economical. And now you might not have the need for a guy like Nick Bodden or Jason Kambinda or both. I mean, at this point, why, why, why? You're fine. Uh, I, I will say this about tight ends and, and Josh Hill in that um, I feel like we should have had John Whitaker on this podcast, considering he seemed to have called for it on Twitter way back. So he, I mean, apparently a former now, Saints tight end. Big shocker that the line signed. He also called there. Tyrell Williams, but sure. Credit and he to, says credit, on Twitter, credit, how credit, about John Johnson next? So we're going to uh, talk no, about him. To, to the core question, I do think the lines are done at tight end, um, which I, I guess gets us into the thorny question of, well, is like, you know, if they are done, is Kyle Pitts still an option? And I think this is where we get into the, yeah, Ryan starts wagging his eyebrows and we get into the classifications of what exactly Kyle Pitts is, because if you're already reclassifying tight ends to include potential fullback roles, I feel like then we've already reclassified Kyle Pitts to whatever you want, as long as he's catching balls as well, which again, I either way, I think the lions are done at least for free agency. 
like they have two, they would have two tight ends on three tight ends on the roster. Probably they have TJ Hawkinson, Hunter Bryant, and uh, Josh Hill. I don't think they're, are they Hunter Thedford and Lee's Mack, or Jeremy? They signed, they signed a futures deal. So they're, 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 they're futures camp, deals. They're camp bodies, essentially. They're, they're maybe, camp bodies, they're practice, practice squad bodies. So you yeah. don't have to worry about that. But that's three tight ends deep right there. And that's again before you get to a question of whether or not you're going to draft a tight end in in the upcoming draft so i think they're done yeah i don't know if they're done um i think that josh hill definitely fills a need a very specific need i think that he's going to serve a very specified and specific role um i don't think this comes as any shock to anybody especially with the move from jesse james they were clearly targeting a specific kind of player and it's really awesome that they got a guy like josh hill because Maybe they it sounds weird, but I don't think the Lions are going to build their offense around him. But he does seem like he could be an integral part to what they do in, in 2021. Just a few names I want to throw out real quick um, that aren't Kyle Pitts, because, you know, um, I've already kind of been branded as the Kyle Pitts ambassador. But Gerald Everett, I think, is a really interesting sure. name if they mm-hmm. want to get like a move, a move tight end. Um, obviously, some familiarity there because he played with the Rams. Um Obviously, everybody connects the dots with Jared Cook. Yep. Maybe that's maybe that's an option just because I mean, he might even retire, but like that would be like a one year, four or five million dollar deal. The one name that I haven't seen anywhere. Dan Arnold. Has Mm -hmm. ties to the Saints. Played with the Cardinals last season. There aren't too many guys out there who are six, six to 20 playing tight end. Um I think that that could potentially be a very specified red zone role um, if they want to grab another tight end. But he actually proved that, you know, he could play some some big snaps last season. Um, He ended up having 45 targets, 31 catches and four touchdowns um, in that Arizona offense. So uh, Dan Arnold is a name that I would keep my eye on just because I think that he could be grabbed off this market for relatively cheap. Yeah, I think the the one important point here is just what do the Lions think they have in Hunter Bryant, right? <clears throat> are they are yep. they ready to to hand him the reins of, of being, you know, the the, the backup to TJ Hawkinson as as a receiver? Because I know their previous coaching staff was impressed by him, but we never got to see him because of the injuries, really, and you know what limited appearances he did make last year were underwhelming. So um, we'll we'll see what Dan yeah. Campbell thinks of him because yeah, I think Dan Arnold makes a lot of sense if if they're not that confident in uh, in Hunter Bryant. All right, let's uh, move a little quick here. I'm, I'm going to crunch down and give Jeremy the entire offensive line. So guards and tackles now. I, I mean, I, I Jeremy, to tee this up for you, like, I mean, I I, I think it's going to be a lot of depth stuff right now, but yeah. I mean, they're, they're committed to their core. It's going to be Decker, Ragnow, probably Jackson. It's just a matter of figuring out that right side. Yeah, I mean... It's 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 it. I think it it all hinges on on two players, right? Halapuli Vati Vaitai. Again, we still don't really know what this coaching staff is going to think of him. I know they're returning the offensive line coach, but is he a right tackle? Is he a right guard? I think you have to lock him into one of those spots as a starter, given his price tag. And then who 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 else? Like Logan Stenberg is the other kind of wild card here because drafted him in the fourth round last year. Didn't see the field at all last year, but. He's a guy you invested a lot. He's a mauler, which we all think, I think we all agree Dan Campbell might be a guy that they like. Um, 
So is he is he your starting right guard potentially, or is Vitae your starting right guard, and then you're relying on someone like Tyrell Crosby to be your starting right tackle? So it's not clear if there's even a starting job available right now, but if there is, you're right, it's on that right side. Yeah, and I think Stenberg, it it is someone like, as you say, you, you drafted him in the fourth round. I don't know why he didn't see the field, but we already have established over the course of many, 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 many podcasts how utterly insane it was to watch this offensive line get rotated through the year that it just didn't let guys sit there and get used to their roles. And I think you do, you, you, you fix that in two ways. One, as you say, you lock down who, what Vitae is. Is he a tackle or is he a guard? I feel like, um, correct me if I'm wrong. He's mostly played tackle his career. I could he's, be, Vitae, I know yeah. he does both. Yeah. He, but he's, he's best served, I think, as a tackle. But but yes. yeah, the line and that was that was the intention to think when the Lions signed him last year. But then with all the injuries that happened with with the rotation, with all that sort of stuff, yeah, they moved yeah, him yeah. guard and that was where he finished. But I think I think you you lock him in a tackle and then you Stenberg is a guard, so you you gotta see what you got in Stenberg, and you probably wanna see what he can do. Put him outside there on the right guard. That's your line right there. And again, a lot of that then from there is just depth guys. You you figure out you got plenty of guys who are kind of coming off the depth chart right now between Crosby, Nelson, Dahl, Evan Brown, I believe. So you wanna you wanna figure out which one of those guys you're keeping there for Ode Abushi. Uh I don't know if they're gonna be bringing him back, Jeremy, but you want to get your depth established there. And then I, this is a position. This is a, the offensive line is not a place where I see them spending a lot of money in free agency. If they do, it's because a lot of these depth guys move on and they need to bring in some guys to, to fill those spots, but I don't see them getting any new starters from free agency. I think when we have this conversation, the thing that we always need to acknowledge is that Logan Stenberg was drafted by a previous regime that's who true. knows who knows how Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell feel about Logan true. Stenberg. Maybe maybe he doesn't fit the profile of what they want whatsoever. And he's just kind of there. Um I, I think that I agree with you, Chris. I don't think that they're gonna invest uh their cap space into improving their offensive line, but I do think that there are a lot of options in the draft, especially on day two. And day three, when it comes to the interior offensive line, I mean, look at a guy like Jonah Jackson. That guy is a surefire starter. You got him on day two. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's just kind of how things are trending in the NFL. One name that I think is super interesting. Eric brought his name up in our in our Q&A. But it might be rich at seven. But getting a tackle like Rashawn Slater. That seems that seems tempting. It seems tempting to solidify both sides of the offensive line with Decker and Slater move Vitae into guard. It is what it is. His contract, you you can't pay for the sins of Bob Quinn at this point by pigeonholing yourself and saying, well, we need him to play tackle because he's getting paid tackle money. Play him where it's best served to improve and make the team as good as it can be. No, I agree with that. You want to, I'm going to tell you what's even more tempting, though, uh, trading back and then getting the offensive lineman you're talking about, too. Like, you know, if you can, best, I know Jeremy wants to do that real bad, but I th- I just I'm not as worried about the offensive line just because, like, 
again, those three pieces, Ragnow, Jackson, Decker, I know the right side needs line, needs help, but I think this unit is in a lot better place than some than a lot of the other than units we're going to see. Every than, other literally any other position, which is good for, for Jared Goff, because one of the things that I think people were missing on Jared Goff's decline in Los Angeles is that he was just not like that. That offensive line was just not protecting him near the end. It wasn't doing a good job over there. So I think that is one place where you could maybe see some upside in Jared Goff, especially once again, if you figure out the right side of that line. And the last thing I have to say about the offensive line is don't underrate how important signing a guy like Josh Hill is. Sure. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like we're looking at this right now in Kansas City, right? Like, I mean, they're 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 all they've already lost some offensive linemen and they're kind of flop sweating and asking Mahomes to restructure the contract already, which was going to happen. But I mean, I I think people are finally coming around to like offensive line is where you win like everything, so, <laughs> including so, myself. I used to hate it. But you so know. if if the lines aren't looking in free agency for an offensive lineman, they do, they do have a couple of interesting decisions in house to make though. Ode Abushi is one of those veteran mm-hmm. guy who, who came in and, you know, essentially stole the, the, the job from Joe doll by the end of the season, which I think is very important to know. And then the other guy is Joe doll, a guy who's currently on the roster, but if you cut him, you save almost $3 million. And so I, I know we've all grown to love Joe doll and he's a versatile piece but he hasn't really played all that well. And again, coaching staff change. And I, again, worth pointing out the offensive line coach Hank Fraley is still here, but let me ask you guys, what, what are your thoughts on those guys? Do you, do you try to keep both around? Do you prioritize one over? Do you let them both go? I think I would prioritize Abushi. Yeah. Um, Dahl has just been too inconsistent for me. I know he's probably like a favorite for Chris Spielman, but I just I I think at this point I I know who Joe Dahl is and his his ceiling is very low. And it's it's unfortunate because as much as I I like I like him, and I like the story. It's just I he, he's been here a while and it's not really working. I, I'd, I'd probably prioritize Ibushi over Dahl. I would do the exact opposite. <laughs> I would okay. keep Joe Dahl here, and the only reason why is because of versatility. Guy can play guard, he can kick out, play tackle. Yeah, um, he can play I think, yeah, he can play center in a pinch. So I think that versatility is is really worth it. However, I don't know. I think I think you know saving yourself three million dollars in cap space might might be a might be a good thing to do too. It, yeah. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. I think Abushi might be slightly more talented. Dahl gives you more versatility but he's also probably going to be more expensive so not not an easy decision for them to make but i think i agree with you guys there's not going to be a big splash they might sign some depth guys on on the offensive line but no one i expect to to push for a starting job yeah and it's important to know stenberg stenberg i i I know has worked a little bit at center as well so that might be something as far as the versatility what Let's not let's no, not bring let's up not how he looked in, in training camp. At center. <laughs> Look, <laughs> it was you got not Frank Rag now. As long as he doesn't go down, you should be fine at center. Like, let's not let's not overthink this a little bit. Put you, a neck guard on him next five year. solid starters in your offensive line and you don't butts with them. You don't butts with them, Matt Patricia. It's easy. All right. Um, edge edge time, guys. Edge time, edge time, edge time, edge time, edge time. So. The Trey Flowers situation, you just kind of hope you, you're going to get better Trey Flowers, I would hope. Healthier. Maybe. Healthier, healthier Trey Flowers. You're going to have the, the younger of the two Okwaras, Julian Okwara. 
on the roster. Um, Austin Bryant, Robert McRae. But other than that, um, you know, you're probably losing Everson Griffin. I don't see him really. That didn't work out. It just didn't work out. And to be honest, like I, I feel like at edge, I, I don't know what this team is going to want to do at defense yet. I, I kind of want to see what Aaron Glenn um, implements when it comes first off to the base and also to just how he wants to approach the front seven. But I feel like pass rush is like, I, I didn't understand why there was so much of a priority on stopping the run as much as that's important, but this team's gone without pass rush for so much. So obviously they didn't give the franchise tag to, to Romeo Aquara, but I think right now for free agency, before you get to guys from the outside, the question starts and ends with, do you sign Romeo, resign Romeo Aquara? It's a, it's a it's a big question to to pose because I don't think anyone realistically was expecting the franchise tag for him. I think we talked it over and it was something like 17, 18 million Been for huge. one year of him, which is just, I mean, you don't really want to pay even your best edge rushers that much in, in one year. You'd rather sign them to a long-term deal and um, the lines don't, don't even want to chance it with, even if, if they're like, we're going to get a long-term deal done, let's just franchise tag him. Even the small chance where you don't get a deal done in that instance is almost disastrous for you because that's just a huge chunk of change for your cap situation. And I, I think it's it's still possibly in the cards. You know, the, the clock is running low. The the tampering period is, is less than 48 hours away from the minute we're recording this. So if they're getting it done, they're being awfully quiet about it. And I mean, we can even look into some social media posts from the Oquars that seem to suggest maybe and and you don't want to read too much into it that, that he's waving goodbye to Detroit, but Oof. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's hard. It, it, it's just a fascinating situation here because not only are we dealing with a COVID strapped year with everyone on the salary cap, we're dealing here with a player that's just, he had one fantastic year last year. It has, he, but he's still young. So is that one year a sign of growth? And now he's going to be that, that guy that continually gets right around 10 sacks a year. Or is he a guy that had a flash in the pan season? Because that happens often. There's there's a lot of guys that hit that 10 sack mark and then you never see from him again. And, and it so, happened to him too. Let's keep that in mind. 2018, um, 2018, great year. 2019, very quiet. And then 2020, yeah. good year again. Right. So I, I don't know. I don't know what you do with him. I don't know what the market is going to be for for him. And, and so maybe the Lions just try to make sure he never sees the market and, and just like dangles Julian Acquire in front of him and just say, hey, man. You could have three more years of, of, of rooming with your brother, but I don't know how much that's going to work. I I don't think Romeo Aquara sticks around to Detroit, and I think it's because the price gets driven up and the Lions, if they wanted to prioritize signing a guy like Aquara, they would have they would have done it by now. And mm. I think that the Lions, if they want to go like a like a pass rusher, maybe they can go a guy like Bud Dupree. Or maybe they can go a guy like Yannick Ngakwe if they want to go like a true pass rusher. But I truly think that we're not going to see a huge departure from gap responsibility, gap control, let's stop the run when it comes to defense. I think that that's how the New Orleans Saints play their front. I think that when you look at the Los Angeles Rams, they have a freak in Aaron Donald. And if you look at the Saints, they have a freak in... Uh, in Hayward. So I, I think when you look at, I don't know. Um, 
I, I just think that if the Lions wanted to prioritize getting a pass rusher, that they would have already signed Romeo Okwara. They might, they might be looking, you know, other places too. Once again, the draft, I know there's probably not going to be a lot of edge rushers in the first round, but probably day two. Once again, your day two options are fairly myriad. So you can try what you want there. I'm just for myself, just as a fan, I'm just getting really tired of not having a premier pass rusher, which it feels like we haven't had one since. Dare I say I, it? Indomitian and Sue. And I'm sorry. I, I said Hayward. I, I meant to say Cameron Jordan um, for the oh, Saints. Okay. That's, that's think, fine. That's fine. I think I think both those guys like Cameron Jordan, Aaron Donald, those guys are unicorns. Maybe the Lions want to get a unicorn, but they're not going to pay for one. Yeah, I, I just think this is this is kind of a decent. I mean, you don't see a lot of decent years with edge rushers. A lot of them get franchise tagged and, and you never see the delay today in terms of free. Agency, well, they're getting they're, cut this year, right? Right. And I mean, they're 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 a lot. My my edge piece when I talked about the guys that, that are tied to the lines you know you, you mentioned Yannick Ngakwe Melvin Ingram's another one nine-year veteran overlapped with Anthony Lynn for the last four Samson Ebukam is a guy that we talked about on the Q&A a guy that was found in the fourth round of the draft by the Rams so you know Brad Holmes likes him a lot because he, he tends to nail those third and fourth rounds of the draft he's a guy he's not going to give you a 10 sacks but he's a guy that'll that'll fit your scheme he's a guy that that really you know four and a half sacks each of the past two years I, I like what he's done. He's 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 an athletic guy, and then you know if you want to go the more veteran route, Justin Houston is a guy that that John Dorsey uh, brought to Kansas City. So um, yeah, and maybe I'm kind of a oh sorry, go on, Jeremy. No, I, I was just going to say like there's there's a lot of different options whether you want to go the one year bridge route or you want to potentially get a young guy who who you can still develop in in like an Ebucom. I I think this is I think the lines make. Not not a huge move here, but a significant move. They're, they're going to get a guy who who I think is going to play at least 50% of snaps next year. I could also see, too, kind of like a guy like a Trey Hendrickson who had a, again, Saints ties. It wasn't much on early on, but like he had a breakout year. I think he had like, what, 13 and a half sacks in 2020. And I don't know if the Saints are bringing him back. He might be on the market. Um what he could commands is anyone's guess. Cause again, like that's another one of those guys where I think like you're, you're kind of worried it might be flash in the pan, but it could be on a prove it deal or not, not quite prove it deal, but like two, three years to see what you have in him. He might come. I mean, he's another kind of like Romeo quarter type thing where it's just like, didn't do much for his first three years, but then 13, I mean, 13 and a half sex is eye popping on a, on a, yeah. and it could have happened at a better time for him as a, as a, on a contract year, um, but dude is young and he's got yeah. ties. So I, I think the lines are certainly going to have eyes on him. Let's take another break here. When we come back, we'll let Jeremy take up the, uh, I'm sorry, Ryan, I forgot we're going. Actually, yeah. is it, it's me again. It's me again, snake order draft. So we'll do defensive tackles, get into the rest of the, uh, get into the rest of the defense and try to try to put a kibosh on this. We're going long on this one, but uh, I think we're having a lot of fun. We've got about like, Oh, wow. Five positions to go. So we'll try to go. We'll uh, get them all done here uh, when we come back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast.
Third segment here on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. I'm not going to say wrapping up because we've got quite a bit still to to chew off here as we go position by position in our free agency preview. So we just did edge. Now I want to go to the defensive tackles. So it's a uh, very interesting amount. So the, I think the Lions, they're going to be cutting. They might. They might. might. Like they, they've got two options for some pretty juicy cuts to make a defensive tackle. They can cut Nick Williams for just south of $5 million in cap saving. They could cut Danny Shelton for $4 million in cap saving. But I, I think they, they've, got, they've got quite a few guys who are going to be on the roster right now. So, Jeremy, where, where do you see it at least kind of like resolving cap casualties here before you start looking outside for this position in free agency? Well, to me, it, it's it's mildly surprising Nick Williams hasn't been cut yet. Um, I know he was probably their best pass rushing defensive tackle last year, but he's not a particularly good player. And four point seven million in cap savings to I think just one million in dead cap is a no brainer move to me. So, I mean, maybe maybe that deal is maybe that gets done before the time we pu- hit publish on this podcast. I think that's that's a definite possibility. Danny Shelton is a little bit tougher decision because he's actually a good player and he's a nose tackle. Um, nose tackles are, are tough to find that are, they're good. There's a lot of big guys, but not a lot of guys that, that have the technique that I think Danny Shelton has. That being said, definitely a better fit in the, in the previous defensives regime. So, um, again, that, that one's a little bit tougher for me. You're going to eventually need bodies here. And while the Lions have a bunch of guys and Nick uh, and John Penasini, Deshaun Hand, Deshaun Cornell, who's kind of an edge and an interior guy, Kevin Strong, John Atkins. How many of those guys do you re- are you really comfortable seeing more than 50% of snaps? Any? Zero? No. no. None of them. <laughs> None of them. So yeah. that's why I think a, a guy like Danny Shelton could potentially hold on to uh, a, a job here. But I mean, to me, the the cupboard is full of a bunch of depth guys, not a lot of starters. So is this where the Lions splurge in free agency question mark? I sure hope not. I don't I don't want them to break the bank on a as insignificant a position as the defensive interior. Um, Unless it's in don't talk about that. Don't talk don't dirty do to me. Do um, they tried. Do they tried. Don't let's they, not forget the Lions. Um, well, let's just say he. They almost got Aaron Donald. Just throw, yeah, throw a little editorial. They almost got him in in the Matthew Stafford trade. Hey, I, I'm sure. I'm sure when they quote our podcast, they'll make sure that they actually get the uh, the credit oh, to us. Oh yeah. Yeah, they'll actually they'll actually get that credited to you, Jeremy. Um, <laughs> it's a pride but, of Detroit. But yeah, I, I think I think what we've seen in the past is that paying a premium for defensive interior is just not the formula to success. Uh, unless you have one of those players like Aaron Donald, who, um, who just changes the game fundamentally for you. So even looking at pro football focuses uh, top, I think it's like their top 200 free agents. There's only three defensive interior players on that entire list. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, Shelby Harris and Derek Wolf. And, um, I don't know. I, I, hopefully the Lions don't just because they have so many bodies. Maybe they want to see what sticks. Maybe they spend some draft capital on it. But then again, like there aren't a whole lot of, you know, I, certainly not at number seven um, with the Lions target anybody on the defensive interior. So don't don't get worried that this might be like a Derek Brown situation. But um, I, I think maybe day two or day three, they, they look to. I don't know. Fill the cupboard with more with more bowls and plates. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if, I'm, go ahead, go, go, go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say, yeah, I've got nothing else to really to add here. I just I don't see the free agency splash here. I, I feel like like I, I it's linebacker is such more of a priority to fix right now. Like it sucks that there probably is no guys who are guys that we can look at beyond just saying they're depth guys. But again, this is the the bridge that is being built. So I just there's there's no one here that sticks out as a beast. And as much as I'd like to see Indomitian Sue come back to Detroit, I just don't think that's in the cards. No. Yeah. I was going to bring him up real quick too. Like the, it makes sense from the line standpoint. It makes very little sense from, from Sue's standpoint. Like I get that he still has local ties here, but that, that to me is not enough for a guy who's probably only getting one or two more NFL contracts and chances at a ring. So I know he just got one last year. I think he probably stays in Tampa, gets paid, gets another ring. Potentially gets another ring. I'm not, I'm not calling yeah, I, my shot with the Buccaneers already. Yeah, but I, I'd say like if you're Sue, you want to go get rings right now. Like because again, I, I feel like I feel like because of what happened in Miami, the legacy kind of passed him by. But man, like I remember him early on with Detroit, and I remember him at Nebraska. Like this guy should be going down as like an all-time name, and I, you know, I, more rings yeah. he can get, the better. He he has a legitimate shot, I think, at the Hall of Fame if he if he picks up uh, or another ring or two. And I know that's that's a stupid thing to to judge a defensive tackle by. But um, I know we don't care as much about it. I don't know. I know we don't care as much about it in the NFL, but college football Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Like I don't. Oh, yeah. It's it's still a shame that he never got the the Heisman. If there was ever a defensive player who Mm -hmm. could have gotten the Heisman, it it, to me was Indomitian Sue in Nebraska. And Um, yeah, yeah. But really, really quick with guys that they, you know, again, kind of doing a local tie spin on this. Sheldon Rankins, I think, is is a guy that that would fit from the Saints. Um, if the line, he's kind of a, a more of a mid tier guy. Did not have not coming off a great year, but um, a guy with with high potential. Um, Abry Jones is a guy I, I wrote about a little bit coming from the Jaguars. The Lions defensive line coach Todd Wash coached him there as a defensive coordinator. Um, Karen Reed, you want to bring Karen Reed back also with the Jaguars last year? Um, I, the problem again is we're not starting. We're not talking about guys with with starting um, level. Yeah, talent. you're not. You're not. You're not upgrading your current position. So what's the point? Pretty much. So on that on that note, I feel like I'll just punt it back to Jeremy and um, we go. Actually, is it Ryan's turn? I, I've kind of lost track on this miserable thing. <laughs> sure. Yeah, go for it. You you want to take linebackers, Ryan? Yeah, I'll take linebackers. The situation there for the Lions, Jamie Collins just restructured. Um, you you have some guys that the Lions are clearly interested in, apparently, with Jalen Reeves-Maben. They're trying to work out a potential deal with him. Um, then some guys that are already in-house, Jelani Tavai, uh, Anthony Pittman, and Sean Dion Hamilton. Um, I don't know. Jeremy, what do you think about a Jared Davis reunion? Does that seem to make any sense to you? It seems inevitable at this point, right? Like, I, oh, I mean, God. just with everything he said that Dan Campbell has said this offseason, sounds like he loves him a lot. Jared Davis is a guy that I think likes Detroit. I think I think he's he's I mean, based on everything he said and done in the city, it seems like he's really put his all into this franchise. And I don't think he feels that they've done him dirty or anything like that. I mean, is there a team that would have given Jared Davis as many chances as the Lions have? Over the past four years, I don't think so. So I think there'd be interest in bringing him back. He'll be cheap. Um, maybe, maybe this coaching staff can can find a way to utilize all that crazy athleticism he has in, in a better way than it's been used. I'm not exactly excited about that. I, the problem is like this is one of the Lions' worst positions, but I don't see 
much changing. Like if they're interested in bringing Jared Davis back, if they're interested in bringing Jalen Reeves Maben back, Jamie Collins is locked in for another year. Jelani Tavai, given that he's only in the, the, the you know early ends of his career, third year on his rookie deal, not that expensive, not going to save you that much if you cut him. I mean, the only difference here is that you cut Christian Jones and you basically cross your fingers and hope that, hey, our coaching staff is better now, so hopefully everyone else performs better. And I don't know, like, Alex Anzalone, is that a guy that's going to get you all excited? Maybe, maybe no, not. No, I, I think we we looked at the class, I mean, the free agent class for linebacker in a, in a former podcast, and there's just, like, without going completely way overboard, which, again, the Lions are not in a position to do for a guy like even an older guy like Von Miller or, or Melvin Ingram, like there's just no way that the lions can really like, there's just no, like we're, you're not going to go and get Kyle Van Noy again. Come on. Like there, there's no linebackers out there that really move the needle. And as many problems as I have, I don't have a problem with anything. Jared Davis brings to the table in athleticism. I think I have problems with what he brings to the table in his lack of bringing to the table, I should say in form in you know, his inability to tackle and, yeah, he said he was going to work on being a better coverage linebacker, and he uh, let every pass that was targeted to him as a defender go through in 2020, and basically lost his starting job. But I don't know; it'll be it'll be uh, chance three uh, for Jared Davis at this point. You know, he didn't cut it with Terrell Austin, didn't cut it with Patricia and and Pasqualoni, so maybe they try one more time. I mean. If you can make him work, you can make him work. I definitely see the athleticism that makes people go for him. It's just, yeah, I think with the situation, though, it's just you're going to have to resolve it in-house. And that sucks because right now, as you say, worst unit for the Lions defense. Yep. You're not <laughs> expecting them to go make a run at a guy like Denzel Perryman? You know, Chargers ties there. Yeah, I think Denzel Perryman's one of those guys who is a two-down linebacker. Like, he's almost kind of like the same guy as Jared Davis, but it's just going to be like a different flavor. Um, I, I think that he's a better run defender, so I think that he would actually he would fit better, I think, in, in the Saints defense just because they want those gap control guys, and I think that Jared Davis is just a dog chasing cars. So when when it when it comes to getting somebody who's disciplined and who can do that stuff, like sure. Like Denzel Perryman makes sense, but he's not a guy that you can keep on the field in third down. Maybe, maybe a guy like KJ Wright, or maybe they, they want to go with a guy like, uh, you know, as you mentioned, Alex Anzalone because of the familiarity and the ability to, to play coverage a little bit, but it's, um, it's without a doubt the position that needs, needs the biggest upgrade because I think it's really important to the success of the defense. Um, the, the linebacker position is, is really important, uh, especially for the, especially for this defense that I think they're going to want to run here, bringing Aaron Glenn and, and Dan Campbell. So draft Mike yep. Parsons. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep the draft stuff. We'll, uh, we're going to hit that real soon. Sure. But, um, Jeremy, what, what, where are we looking at, uh, cornerbacks right now? Corner. As we move into the back, yeah, corner's interesting here. We we had a little discussion about this on our on our uh, locker room Q and A here, where I think uh, me and Eric and 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 Ryan all see things a little differently because obviously the Lions have already made the moves to cut Justin Coleman, and they they will be cutting Desmond, Desmond Trufant. They haven't officially done it yet, um, and that just leaves them with three guys that are signed essentially: Jeff Okuda, Mani Oruari, and Mike Ford, a guy who they re-signed earlier this week. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, Jeff Okuda obviously has to be your starter, has to be a starter this year. Mani Oruwari, I'm, I'm just not too sure on. I'm not, I'm not sure he's ready. I'm, I'm not, he's in his third year, so he has to be, like, it's now or never. He has to be ready. Yeah. yeah. He, has to be, um, but, he has to be ready. But at the same time, I don't know if he's your guy. I mean, he's a fifth-round pick. He, he wasn't particularly good last year. No one really was, and, and certainly Jeff Okuda wasn't either. But I don't, like, I think the Lions absolutely have to get at least a couple corners in free agents this year. And, and obviously the nickel spot is, is something that is just unresolved right now. Um, and maybe get bringing a guy like Daryl Roberts back helps solve that. But I, I think they need to bring someone in to push these guys. If, if not just push them, but guide them along. Cause I know you got Aaron Glenn who was, was a, a, a great corner in this league, but they need a player in there too, that knows how to do this because they don't have one there right now. Yeah, I think there are a couple of interesting names, Jeremy, obviously with with ties to Brad Holmes, uh, Nickel, Roby Coleman, maybe mm-hmm. if they want to go for a cheap one year solution for a veteran at the slot cornerback position. I think he makes a lot of sense. Sure. Um, th- there are some other names that are out there, but I, I don't know if at this point, I think the Lions do probably want to target somebody in free agency to to fill some of these cornerback needs because the problem is that they have these young guys that are at the top of the depth chart. I think that they want to probably get some a veteran presence. I I mean don't don't um uh don't rule out maybe a Janoris Jenkins signing now that the Saints cut him. That could be interesting. Like I think a Janoris Jenkins signing could be really interesting considering he's you know he he's what 33 right now. Like yeah. he's not going to get too many Sorry, more contracts in his. Wow. What? What's that? I, I'm surprised to hear he's that old. I mean, it feels like he just came out in the draft. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, nine years experience in the league, and he's probably going to come at a premium. But I don't think he's going to be anticipating. Like he's going to want to probably try to get as many years because it might be one of his last contracts. But I, I think either you can make that team friendly or you could apps or you could just try to get them on like kind of an intermediary deal too for like two years. Jeremy, what do you what do you think about a couple of names like Troy Hill or Ronald Darby? Those guys are probably going to cost a little bit more. Are you so I guess my question is, are you comfortable with the Lions shelling out some coin to get a. A corner that can kind of solidify the top of the depth chart. It's tough. It, I mean. With Troy Hill, he's kind of more of a nickel, and so if you're going to shell out big for a nickel, I kind of would have just wanted to maybe see if Justin Coleman has it under a new coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one doesn't make as much sense to me. Who was the other one you said? Ronald Darby. Ronald Darby. Yeah, I mean, I think Ronald Darby might not come as as expensive, but uh, it's yeah, maybe. I just I'm not I'm not trying to hate on Amani or Warrior. I just feel like everyone's kind of holding him up. I mean, like I said in the Q and a, like everyone's been holding this guy on a pedestal because they thought he was going to be a second round pick, but guess what? All 32 teams passed on him in the second round, passed it on him in the third round, passed on him in the fourth round. And he hasn't done anything to really show me that he's capable of being a starter. So I think cornerbacks a very, very important position in this league and you, you don't want to spare any expense. The question is, do you want to spare the expense now or do you want to spare it? two years down the line when you're really competing. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap up with uh, safety, shall we? Or we should probably get some specialists in there, but I feel like that's easy enough on specialist. Jeremy, Jeremy, you know, we'll see. 
But we'll yeah, see. let's go okay. safety. Let's go safety. So, um, you know, the Lions are gonna, they're going to have Tracy Walker, Will Harris, C.J. Moore, Jalen Elliott, and Godwin. Oh my God, I can't. Igwebuke. Igwebuke. I, I apologize. My first time seeing it. So Harmon, Deron Harmon, Miles Killebrew are the big questions coming back. So I think this is probably the best place to ask Jeremy: Is it safe to buy a Miles Killebrew jersey? <laughs> I mean, almost the end of one of our oldest memes that has continued to this yeah, day. Yeah, I mean, one of one of the the veterans of the name bracket tournament and and a, a contender every single year. Um, I I wouldn't say it's safe to buy one, but I I see little reason not to bring him back. He's been a special teams leader. He's, He's been flexible. He was the NFLPA um kind of a representative for the Lions last year. So there's leadership abilities there. He's not going to come all that expensive unless. He's thinking at this point in his career, he might get a chance to start on some defense, which if he's thinking that, I think he might be a little bit delusional. Um, but um, special teamer, like he's he's a great special teamer and you need those on the roster. And CJ Moore is a guy that can also do it. That's already under contract. But Jalen Elliott is, you know, a, a guy who was undrafted. Don't really know what you got. He was, you know, uh, with a different regime. I don't know how much. um value he's going to bring. I think Miles Killebrew is an easy re-signing. Daron Harmon's out the door. I don't, I don't think he, he was a leader. He was, he was a, I think character wise, the lines have got to like a, a guy like him, but you know, he, he's a former Patriot. He's, he's a guy that I just think fit better with, with a previous scheme. So um, don't expect him to come back. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's right. And you know, he had a decent enough year as best as he could. And for a 2020 lion, as well so I, I think he'll just probably go find some he'll either go back to the, to new england and follow uh follow matt patricia or he'll probably find a pretty decent contract somewhere else i i think one interesting name for me is cameron sutton uh mm-hmm. from from the pittsburgh steelers um in terms of their max exodus of trying to figure out how to figure out the cap with ben roethlisberger sutton is a guy who kind of you know, suffers from Romeo Aquara syndrome in that he didn't, I mean, he had only played like 621 career snaps in his first, uh, in his first few seasons. But in last season, he played um, 552 uh, snaps in, in 2020 alone. So what's interesting about him though, is that he's one of those chess pieces that can be moved around and play like slot corner. He can play out wide. He can play strong safety up in the box. So maybe the lions try to go the economical route where they can get a guy who can do multiple things and fit that mold of what, um, you know, what, what they're trying to do on defense. So what do you guys think? I, I, I mentioned, I mentioned our friend, John Whitaker in the past about, I mean, earlier in this podcast, as far as his, his ability of, of like telling the future and he wants the lions to go after John Johnson. And I know he, he had a pretty he had some pretty good grades. I think he, his 2020 PFF grade, he was like the third among safeties, I believe. 85.6. Huge grade. Huge, huge grade. Huge grade, which I mean, he already had had a strong 2018, but he he, he had dipped pretty hard in 2019. So he's been he's been a little up and down, but I, I, I know his name is kind of flying around as a free agent. And again, another guy with Rams ties to Brad that Brad Holmes would probably know all about. So like, are, are you feeling that or you think the, the, the bid for for John Johnson might be a little too spicy? 
I mean, to me, there's no question if the lines are going to make a splash, this has to be the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, undeniable. I mean, the the one year that he was below an 80 PFF grade was the one in which he only played six games because of injury. He's been phenomenal. He's he's purely a Brad Holmes guy, a guy drafted in the third round who who has all pro potential, all pro potential. I, I don't think I'm overstating it. That's how good this guy is. He comes in already knowing the system that you're going to use. Comes in already coached by Aubrey Pleasant. Um, I mean, he's he's a guy that just like fits everything that this team is going to want. He's going to be a leader. He's going to be a key cog in the team's future. So that's the reason why you spend it on a guy like him is because he's only, what, 25, 26 years old, super young, available, uh, someone that your coaching staff and your front office is already very, very familiar with. And there's an opening, right? There's, there's an opening besides Tracy Walker because not a lot of us are thrilled about Will Harris potentially starting. This, I mean, checks every single box of what you want in a free agent. The The only question is money. The only question is money. And will the Lions be willing to shell out a lot of money for a guy like this for one single position that maybe isn't the highest in terms of, you know, turning a franchise around, getting getting a lockdown safety isn't high on necessarily the the, the totem pole of, of needs. But, I mean, it just makes a ton of sense. The question is whether they want to get into bidding war. Oh, man, I got a few things to say about everything you just laid down, Jeremy. One, how reminiscent of it would it be of the Glover Quinn signing? Because it seemed like Glover Quinn was a a low key move that really helped transform that defense. Like, obviously, Mm -hmm. they had other players, right? I mean, Sue and Fairley and DeAndre Levy. But like Glover Quinn was like that piece that seemed to like bring all of it together. He was a locker room presence. He was a leader for the defensive backfield. Maybe John Johnson can be that guy. But I think it comes back to Chris's original point of, do you want to get into a bidding war? Because maybe the Chargers might want him. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Staley, you know, moving over yep. to be the head coach there. Yep. yep. Pair him pair him with Derwin James, and all of a sudden you have the best safety combo in the entire league. Um, who knows? But I, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be super upset with it. Uh, for the singular reason that maybe it'll improve Will Harris's play because John Johnson also a former Boston College player. Mm. <laughs> get all the beasts all the former bc guys man yeah or just replace uh, one with another yeah, yeah or that could happen too yeah that could happen too that could absolutely all right let's cap it off we are way over here and i just want to get this to the door specialist time we they bring we back have we, we have to talk about something that we haven't talked about i think all off season Don't say it. it's a real issue not Don Mueback. he's getting resigned Okay, good, good, good. Matt Prater. I think Matt Prater is something that we need to talk about right now because I don't think it's a guarantee that he's back. I am fascinated right now because I just saw the Bears splurge the hell on Cairo Santos. That's right. And I am, I'm baffled by that. I'm baffled by that, but yet at the same time, I kind of wonder how many other kickers are going to be like, I wonder if I could get Cairo Santos money. Can I can I make a a case for why Matt Prater should be back? Sure. Even even after Go a ahead. down even after a down season. Look at the rest of his career. Yep. I mean, do we do we think that he just completely lost it? And guess what? If he did, well, sign him to a one year deal. Maybe he's going to come a little bit cheaper because he had that down season in 2020. And you can see whether or not he still has it. And if he still has the juice, awesome. You can you can sign him to a contract extension for all I care mid-season in 2021 to lock him down. 
but I'm I'm no, just you can even not- bring in some you could bring in some like competition for him in camp too just to see well, you know kick they've, him the they've already got a guy in Matthew Wright I don't I don't know much about yeah. him he, he hasn't played a lot but he's he's signed currently yeah so the- I think he's worth bringing back because what we've seen out of Matt Prater is a top five kicker in the NFL he had a he had a down season in 2020 no doubt about it but do we think that the wheels have fallen completely off no, if only because you want to look at the alternatives out there. Like, I mean, the other guys are going to be on the market are going to be guys like, you know, Steven Gutzkowski or actually, I can't remember what Dan Bailey did last year, but he's a Minnesota. He was a Minnesota kicker. So I'm not quite as uh, I'm sure there's probably some bad juju on that. But I it's weird, right? Because that was a I feel like for every kicker at some point. You're just going to get those bad years. It's especially with the way kicking has kind of gone the league. Like, again, even a guy like I mentioned, Goskowski was, you know, money a long time ago and just has kind of fallen off. And it's not even fallen off. It's just you hit a bad year somewhere, somewhere there. And it was it was weird for Prater, too, because you could still nail the long ones. But then you get him on for like an extra point and just be going wild. So I, I, I don't know what the issue is. <sighs> I think I think you guys are looking upon this wrong. I have no question about Matt Prater's ability. I think if if that was the only thing in question, you resign him. The question here mm-hmm. is, do you want to spend four, five million, six million a year on a thirty-six year old kicker? No, that's that, that's in a, the middle that's of another a fair point too. That's another fair point too. There's, I'm sure you could get a guy like Cody Parkey or Nick Folk or Ryan Suck up a lot cheaper. Like if it means the difference between getting John Johnson and not. I'm kind of okay having a shitty kicker in 2021. You remember how hard it was to find yes. a kicker after Jason yeah. Hansen, though? Yes. Yes. And, <laughs> and a Met Prater is not going to fall into the laps the way it did when the, the Broncos released him and all that stuff. That's 100% a point worth bringing up. But I just think, like, it's kind of a splurge to keep Matt Prater. And I don't think he – I mean – we know he wants to be here. We know he's coming off a down year. So maybe you can maybe this is all kind of lining up to get him at a deal where, you know, you're paying less than he's probably worth. But if, I mean, I don't know I mean, if that he, number reaches four or 5 million, I think you have to reconsider whether you should resign him. I, I don't know if it'll get that much, but I, I think, you know, I, I'm looking at, you know, spot track is saying 2020 AAV probably 3.8 million for Prater. And let's assume it goes down a little bit. Still around three million is still still seems like a bit of a splurge for me. I, you'd want to go a little south of three million again if you're trying to save money and uh, go somewhere else. But I don't think you're going to get him for less than three million. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm saying you're not going to yeah. get Prater for right. that's that's. I know that. I I don't think you'll get Prater below three million. But I'm saying like, do you want to spend more than three million on a kicker in a rebuilding year? Uh, we leave that to you. The listener, <laughs> dear listener, but we do leave it to you the to the formality that Don Muleback will be back. Yeah, again, it, it hasn't happened. happened yet, but it's just it will. Death taxes Don Muleback. Thank you all for listening to the Pride of Detroit POD cast. I think that's about it. We went long on this one, but this is everything you're going to need. Monday tampering period begins. Wednesday league calendar begins we will celebrate the beginning of the league calendar probably emergency podcast during the week as uh big hot and sweaty news drops and we will talk all about it 
And again, if you haven't listened, go listen to the Deuce Daily podcast. So for myself, for Jeremy Reisman, for Ryan Matthews, we're out of here. I'm Christopher Fad. We will see you starside.